You're listening to RLCF Retrospective. This episode starts off a series we'll do of interviews with residents from the 2021 North Louisiana Virtual Residency. The release of these episodes coincides with the two-month exhibition of the works they completed from the residency. Produced in partnership with the North Central Louisiana Arts Council, RLCF is proud to have been able to provide an opportunity for artists to engage and collaborate with each other to produce new artworks. You can find more information about the residency and view the exhibition at nicklackgallery.org from February 1st through March 26th, 2022. In today's episode, RLCF Associate Director Dylan Sanders has a conversation with April Fitzpatrick and Robin Gibson. April is an artist and an art therapist located in Tallahassee, Florida. Robin is a visual artist in Brooklyn, New York. We join them already in conversation with Robin sharing about her art practice. So you... I did mention that I work fairly large. Um, so I would say my my largest piece is about nine feet in length and like t- uh, six feet tall. Um, and I draw primarily uh, moving figures. They are mostly boxers, boxing women. Um, and well, the figures themselves, I am thinking about them in terms of um, myself. So I, I, I see them as self-portrait. So there's constant battle struggles going on. You know, we as people struggle within ourselves all the time. And so I'm just sort of my own uh, inner and not so inner sometimes struggle. So that's one reason why I depict them um, boxing. Another reason is because I started boxing and... Um, 2016 and when I went to grad school I uh, was like kind of not tentative but I didn't have a lot of confidence in the work that I was doing one of the reasons I went to grad school is because I was like man I gotta get more skill you know and being surrounded by so many people who seem to already know what they're doing (laughs) was like really intimidating but then um I kind of learned how to shut off that part of my brain or at least turn it down to where I was actually hearing, you know, what was going on within myself. And boxing helped me do that. So when I first started boxing, I was here in Louisville where I was living beforehand. And that from that first like lesson, honestly, I had shut off a lot of the noise that said I had to be perfect. And I had just taken up something that I'd always wanted to do. And I was, you know, actually doing it and feeling that confidence in doing something that I said that I was going to do and really enjoying it. And after a while, it was like, okay, not only am I doing this, but I'm building the skill. And like I said, I wasn't concerned about having to be perfect all the time time because with artwork I had felt like I've been doing this for years why aren't I better you know and taking that energy and putting it into my artwork I started drawing these boxes and the work itself got more confident and seeing the bold lines and the strokes and the movement I was already attracted to movement in my work and sometimes I would get frustrated because my paintings would look so static but once I started to loosen up and enjoy the gesture, I kind of stopped 
painting and started really getting into lines and um, mark and motion and movement. And so as we were talking about like um, the size and scale of work, I was doing five inch by five inch portraits before I went to grad school. And I honestly loved it. I still think it's really cool to work small, but for me, opening up physically and allowing myself space to move was really important. And then to make figures that are these giant women, you know, was also something for me that felt like, you know, I can be big now. You know, I don't have to be like, keep making myself smaller. I can, you know, branch out and get big. And so that's why I love working big. Not only is it physical and, you know, all of this motion and this movement, and I put a lot of emotion into it as well. It's like, you know, I can put as much or as little on the canvas and I put things down and I erase them off like completely if it's on like a, a primed canvas because it allows for that. But I did that too because it's like, don't get too attached to it, you know? Like, don't, it doesn't have to be perfect. Stop making yourself, you know, feel like you have to be married to this mark when you don't. And so I had to erase things that I actually liked. <laughs> But at the same time, it was like, well, let's see what else can come of it. You know, you can always build, you can do it again, you can make it better, you know, and maybe it won't be better, but it will be different, you know. And so learning to let go is really what my my um, practice became about. Then later on, I ended up adding words and um, poetry to the work. And, you know, I ended up adding um black tea onto the canvas to stain the canvas for different reasons. Um, one of them being like the first time I thought about it was like, you know how when you see like sweat stains on your clothes or things after you've had like a hearty like workout, it's like sometimes they stain white in a way that's like, you know, a gross looking yellow or brown or whatever. It's like, that kind of looks like tea. And so wanting to put that in the work and then if it drips down, it kind of reminds you of tears if your face is dirty and those tears, you know, stain your face or even mascara running down your face. So having those kind of ideas with this black charcoal and this, you know, very um, transparent, translucent um, tea, you know, kind of going together and mixing and mingling on this canvas. And so I use white gesso, I've used tan gesso, I use um, charcoal, I use different types of um, canvas from white primed canvas, black primed canvas. And I love using raw canvas because one, I, I like the tone and two, it, it added a different layer of um, challenge for me. I couldn't erase. So now what are you mm -hmm. gonna do about it? <laughs> so, so all of these things kind of come into play um so there's like these multi-layers of meaning in my work that sometimes I don't even realize it's happening until I step back and kind of look and see so what's happening in this piece and then talking about it with friends and yeah so that that's even just the drawing then I started getting into ceramics which is a whole other a whole other thing in and of itself but Clay kind of called out to me in the the residency I had last year in Florida 
and actually I called out to me before um but I actually had the time to indulge in it last year and so I was making these vessels that I saw as an extension of myself you know my body and my soul you know and my emotional self and I was making these things because I felt like I had all of these emotions these wounds scars everything that I couldn't quite handle felt like it was just coming up to the top and I had no more space left in my physical body to store it and so it's like these vessels that's what they're for and so started thinking of them in terms of my body you know my shape my movement my action and what that means and I draw I draw figures on the outside of them that mimic the figures that I draw on canvas only in a different way because these are like you know paired the the lines are a little bit more pared down um but the gestures are very much the same or similar and so all of these they go hand in hand the the drawings and the the, the vessels but um I think that's kind of, if you can believe it, the short version <laughs> of my art practice. Very yeah. cool. I love, I love hearing your, um, your story of finding yourself as an artist. I think that's really very important. And, at, you know, I mentioned to you earlier that I don't call myself an artist. I call myself a creative because I dabble in so many things. But I, I think I, I really relate to this, like what you're saying about like, you know, I've been doing this for a long time and, and I, I don't, I, I guess for myself, I'm like, I don't excel at, you know, one form or the other. It's just kind of like, I'm proficient in a lot of things, but like, mm -hmm. just to hear you say that, I think that's really important. Um, and I think that that is a, a really, positive and powerful message for people as artists um, to hear is that like even even though you work for a really long time like it takes time to find yourself and, and really yeah. find your avenue and I just I appreciate that a lot I'm not gonna lie to you uh before I kind of hit that stride in grad school I wasn't calling myself an artist yeah. like I I didn't feel confident in the word I didn't feel confident I felt very much like you can't say that it's not real you know and so it wasn't until I started owning you know myself that I started you know seeing that you know because I, I claim artist I claim creative I claim all of that now because I feel like I feel like I am all of those things you know I, I'm a poet because I write poetry has it been published no has yeah, many yeah. people seen it no <laughs> but it doesn't mean I don't write it and it doesn't mean it doesn't come from a very truthful place so yeah I claim poet I it's you know I claim writer a little bit yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm getting more confident with that one but you know I just say that to say that um because I didn't want to you know when you first told me that you said that you weren't an artist I didn't want to put any sort of you know pressure on you to say yes you are or whatever yeah, yeah. but I do say that to say, hey, once you feel that in your spirit, claim it because it's there, it's true, it's you. That's awesome. I love that, thank you. Good deal. April, same questions, you know, just 
how how do you see your practice? What what is your medium? What, what audience audience engagement? Um, those things. So um, I'll say that my work, I've I've come to know it now as contemporary abstraction mixed with experimental narrative. And so I'm definitely um, a storyteller. I like to tell stories and like to just um, be invested in all parts of my story. And they usually um, appear very largely, well, I won't say there, but maybe like three foot by four foot, um, I think is the largest that I've ever um, painted, but most of them are usually in that range. Um, I would say that acrylic is my primary medium that I work with. Um, that's what I started off with as an artist. Um, I shifted I shifted from that to clay for a good minute and I had a lot of fun with clay, but due to accessibility, um, just lost the relationship with it. And so then I got back into painting and I began to notice that um, the ideas that would surface in regarding to the emotion and the impact that I wanted to elicit from the painting um, was not working from a 2D acrylic form by itself. And so that opened the door for me to um, integrate mixed media with found objects and fabric and really anything that I could find. And I believe a part of that unconsciously and consciously was rooted back into um, my initial discovery of art through um, the great migration of Jacob Lawrence. And they kind of opened the overall door to the Harlem Renaissance. And as I um, studied many of these artists, I think I was in awe by their ability to just use what they had since many of them were not being accepted into you know, the elite art school. So they themselves didn't have accessibility. And so I kind of adopted that mentality of looking for the everyday things that we would typically throw away and reframing that um, object's purpose in my work. The concepts that I focus on are uh, probably, you know, Black narratives. This is this place of becoming and situating um, myself, the interaction between relationships that I've witnessed and observed uh, via close to me or just throughout history um, and overall community and how that is positioned um, and how we engage with one another so I kind of look at critical race theory, truly understanding the impact of to just being black and what that comes with, looking at it through the lens of social culture theory. So how do people develop narratives about themselves and their identity? Um, how does that impact their values and belief system, systems um, and their decision-making? Um, and then symbolic interactionism and how do people um, give meaning and respond to the symbols around them, which is where I began to integrate the pineapple into my work. And so that is where I am potentially drawing out the curiosity of the audience in museum and gallery spaces um, or online or wherever individual are, uh, individuals are interacting with my work, because I think mostly I want my audience to ask questions versus make statements. And I say that very intentional in that um, a, my artistry is a blend with um, my identity as an art therapist and how I work with my clients. I'm constantly thinking about how I reach, you know, those who have been positioned within the mental health 
um, spectrum that is, you know, a bit more extreme and challenging. Also, oh, one one main thing that helps me be a rapport with clients and truly see the client for the essence of who they are outside of their diagnosis is just asking questions. And so, my I position my work to be a, a very intentional work um, and holding a space for conversation and decreasing the barriers around mental health. And I do it in a very hidden, strategic, um, mysterious way because ultimately, when you come into my work, it's very loud. Is very bold, a lot of colors. Um, it's pretty chaotic. I've had a lot of viewers tell me, you know, sometimes I want to take a break from your work, but it, but I keep finding myself going into something different. And I, I want to constantly move my viewers into that space because I think that it, it mirrors what it means to be in the mental health crisis. And it mirrors what it means to um, be struggling to find solutions to things like depression and anxiety. And so I, I kind of want to use my work as a, a preventative tool and being proactive about how we address the issues that rise up against us as regarding stress. I guess on a personal note, for the most part, I, I became to know art through my, through my own depressive episode. And um, it caught me off guard. I was really taken aback, like this, how, this me, not me, because I went to school, I've done all these things and I've been functional in the world. And I didn't realize that, that functionality was a defense mechanism of things that I had suppressed. And so the death of my grandmother kind of broke that. And that's when I realized that we are not robots and we feel things and sometimes we can't control, you know, how intense an event will be. And so it started off as a very cathartic process for me. Um, now it's much more personal because I really want to assist people in seeing the value of art therapy and using art to um, heal. So yeah, that's, that's for the most part where I am. That's incredible. And I, I love your message. And I think that I just, I, I love that. And, I, and I'll say this, like, I was telling Robin this a little bit earlier. My, my grandfather died in November and I, I am, and so like hearing what you are talking about and hearing the, the ways in which you say that, um, that art can, can serve as this like healing aspect of our lives, again, is just such an important message for people to hear. Mm -hmm. And um, and so I'm very appreciative of the message that your art has for people and the message that your art has for your audience. And, and I just think that that is, again, that's such an important thing. Um, and so thank you for your work, just because it, uh, I, it, it is likely helping a lot of people. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so Robin was telling me a little bit about how you guys met. Um, so, so April, tell me from your perspective, how did you guys meet? How did you like, you know, the formal question is why did you decide to pair up and collaborate in this residency? Um, oh, okay. so just kind of go through that process. I think you're the one that reached out to her with the opportunity. So, so tell me about that. Um, so yeah, um, I was in New York for the first time. 
and I walked into this gallery space and um, I saw this black girl walk in and I, I know she didn't have her hair out. Or did you? Did you have your hair out? No, you didn't have your hair out. Um, but I remember she looked like my cousin. She looked like a cousin. And I was hesitant because I can be very forthright in meeting new people. But I know like, or I have been told that New Yorkers, you know, you don't do that. Yeah. So I was kind of intimidated. I was like, oh, should I? I don't know. And so we kind of, I feel like we watched each other in this very odd way, like who's going to make the first move. And um, somehow we saw that our art was positioned in the same corner and it was a really cubicle. So it was intimate. And I was like, mm, I'm supposed to, this, this is meant to be, like, there's no chance. And so um, we still, I don't think we still said anything. And then I heard her talk and then I had talked and I put together the similarities of our work about what we was explaining. And um, then it was another young lady there, which is in the same corner as well. And we began to just see the commonalities of our work. And so I just, I, I think I just went up to Robin. I was just like, you know, you look like some of my family. Um, who are your people? Where are you from? <laughs> I'm gonna have to send my mama a picture of you. <laughs> um, and I was calling her facial features and after that, um, we, you know, we talked about work and talked briefly about the journey and, and you know, and being there. And uh, we exchanged contact information and I kind of just vowed that I would keep in touch. Um, I told her that New York was one of like my aspiring places to, you know, be as an artist. And so from there, we talked over time, just building that relationship. And so then when I saw the opportunity, I felt like it was a perfect time to like, pressure both of us to be more intentional about getting to know one another and seeing where our commonalities lie. And I knew that it would be a, you know, a pretty obvious fit of bringing, merging our ideas together because we were both like talking about self-discovery and renewal and healing. It was just like literally the same language. She was just using boxing vessels and bodies and I was using pineapples, you know, paint and fabric, mixed media. And um, yeah, I reached out and told her the opportunity. I'm like, let's 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 work on this. Let's do it. That that's awesome. That's really cool. I, is um, it is it how your story went, Robin? <laughs> basically, I also added because your your fly outfit. So I was like, oh girl, what you, you know, like I had to say something because it was just it was really cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the the show that you were both in, what tell me a little bit about that show. Like what was was there a theme to it? Was so with y'all being in the same corner with another artist, was there an intentionality because you're you're you know, we're talking about the similar things or like how was the show kind of I guess I'm talking about the like curation of that show, but like is it is it just coincidence that y'all were in the same place or was it like there was some intentionality there? I don't think so. Well, from like our point of view, it would seem more like um, coincidence because, you know, we didn't really have any say in how things would be curated. But um, I'd like to think that our work at least had some common themes that were, um, you know, visual themes as well as, you know, the underlying themes. 
I honestly think that it couldn't have been a coincidence that we were all together in this space because it did make so much sense for our work to kind of, you know, be together and kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. And, um, but there was also a lot of things that were curated in a way that they just kind of visually went well together. And I think our work visually worked well together. So if I'm kind of jumping in the curator's shoes for a second, (laughs) I think that might have been the thing, but it wasn't intentional on our part. And I remember, so the title of the show was um, Art for Equality, and it was Mm -hmm. Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Happiness. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was really positioned around the timing of what was happening um, with just a lot of the movements that were going on and Black Lives Matter and just all these different spaces that were happening where um, racism was kind of like coming to the head. And so there were 50 artists, I think. 50 or more. Yeah, over 50. Not much more. It was around 50, yeah. That were in the space. And uh, it also had to do with like COVID and, you know, voting was happening at that time. Like so many different things and actually I think it closed on voting day. yeah it was the last day so yeah. a lot of people had a lot of different takes on that entire theme of course but our corner seemed to definitely have like this black narrative here hear our voice we yeah. can, like be seen be heard type of vibe even with the other artists that were in the yeah same. and then the artists on the direct office of like so our wall was on this side, the artists on this side, I think also had a similar thing going on as well. I think our little cubicle area <laughs> had that that vibe happening. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Well, that, well, I'm glad that you uh, were able to connect out of that because it seems like there's a really, really positive relationship coming out of this. And uh, I'm, I'm yeah. excited to see the work that y'all make together moving forward. So, um, <laughs> April, you're, you're the one that kind of saw this experience um, and reached out to Robin about it. So what did you, um, what, did, what did you expect? Um, you know, what, how did you see the opportunity? And then kind of what did, you, what did you expect going into like applying for the residency? Mm-hmm. I know, you know, I initially saw community and I saw connectedness. And I knew that this would be my first residency. And so um, I knew that my narrative and my um, artist statement was very loud and bold about racism. And I knew that it was still a, a topic that many people were like struggling to come and grab to grab it. And so part of me was like, this could go one of two ways. You know, I really don't know. This could be too much because I've never done a residency, or this could be a time to challenge myself, other people, and Ryland within this space. Um, but I I knew for a fact I wanted to experience connectedness because not only as an artist many can identify it's a very, it can be a very isolating experience, no matter how many times you wanna like be around people, it just naturally can be isolating. On top of the type of content and topics you explore can be even more isolating. And so um, 
I wanted to work through some things with someone else. And just from what I knew of Robin around the healing, um, I expected that we would just grow together, um, become someone that I could call a friend, you know, explore the art world with and, and uplift one another and just come into this place of knowing and like traveling the fear of unknown together. Mm -hmm. um, as far as the actual residency, I, I don't think I allow myself to think too much about it because um, I can be very fortune teller mm -hmm. and there's this nowhere near what is about to happen. And so I didn't want to be rigid. Um, I wanted to work on my own flexibility and, and in doing so, I just wanted to enter in and like let everything organically manifest itself. So I'm not sure that I had any expectations for the residency other than when I saw that I got the email that we were accepted, I'm like, well, this is not by coincidence. So I'm supposed to be here and we'll ride this journey together. That's great. Robin, did you have kind of anything to say towards that? Uh, honestly, I, uh, I had applied for so many things that I didn't get that mm -hmm. it was like, okay, keep your expectations low, Robin. We still going to do this. We still going to be excited, but don't get too excited, you know? And so when we were working on our application together, I was getting excited and I couldn't help it because I was like, this is good. <laughs> like, like just the things that we were talking about together and the things that we were writing and things that we were sharing with each other. I was like, whether we get this or not, I want us to do something with this because it felt powerful to me. And when she, she sent me the email, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and it felt like it was so quick. I was like, wait, didn't we just, wait, what happened? Like, I had to get my head on straight. I was also working on a different project. So I was like, okay, gotta, okay. You don't have, I gotta put this aside for a minute. I'll come back to it and celebrate, but I gotta get this done first and then go back to it. And it was just like, and then our first meeting was just like, what's going on? This yeah. is amazing. So yeah, yeah. my expectations were low because I didn't want to, disappoint myself not for the mm. residency my expectations for getting the residency mm. was low because I didn't want to disappoint myself and then us typing things out I was like okay okay calm down yes I'm enjoying this but still you know but when we got it it's just like okay let's do this then so I definitely felt like it was supposed to happen because you know, it was, I, I didn't even, I knew one day I wanted to collaborate with somebody, mm -hmm. but I didn't know what circumstances, what are we going to do? It felt like it was just going to be something that, you know, it almost had to force it to happen. And this, I didn't have to force anything. Everything is just, just like it was supposed to, just one step at a time. And it felt just like breathing, just natural. So I'm definitely excited about this journey. I'm definitely excited about, you know, what happened to get us here. I can't wait to see what we do. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I can't wait to see what y'all do. I'm so glad that y'all are a part of this. Um, when just kind of, I guess, 
and and maybe this is more off the record of the interview, but like uh, for for us, uh, we saw what what 2020 did to people. I mean, we saw what what COVID was doing. We saw what these like racially charged um, protests were like the, the kind of effect it was having on people and the effect it was having on artists. And so we really wanted to offer some sort of opportunity. And, and I think that our main hope out of the residency was to connect people. I mean, just like we wanted it to be this opportunity where somebody would like meet someone and like if they were in a rut and they, they just couldn't get themselves out of it, they couldn't figure out how to, to move forward in their art. We wanted to create a space in which people around them would, would be encouraging and people would, you know, kind of give them ideas and it, it would just be this place where people could collaborate with one another. And I, and I think that I, our strength as an organization is in collaboration. Um, and so I'm so glad to hear you both say what you say about it because um, it just really kind of affirms that, I mean, that this was an opportunity that people needed. And that it was it was things that people really, uh, they needed to be in, in the, the room with other artists that were, that were kind of struggling in the same ways or who had similar ideas and, and really wanted to move forward in that. So I really appreciate hearing y'all say what you've said um, because it, it just means a lot um, to the program and it means a lot to our organizations. So thank you for that. Um, so tell me now, um, and y'all can kind of bounce off of each other with this question. What has the residency experience been like? So we, we talked about like kind of what you were expecting to begin with. And now we're, you know, six weeks in, um, y'all came in as partners. Um, and so there wasn't really that like awkward period where you're trying to like match up with one another, but like y'all came in as partners. So you've had six weeks to kind of hear other people, you know, say, you know, kind of bounce ideas off of each other. And, you know, we're moving into these like critique ideas. And so Tell me about your residency experience so far um, and where y'all's collaboration is leading you um, in, in this experience. I'll say so far, it's been really rewarding. I really enjoy listening to other people's points of view, their comments, um, seeing other people's work. I haven't been able to go on the the extra meetings where they've been you know showing their work because i i wanted to but like time just yeah. wouldn't allow it but i see how passionate everybody is too and every time somebody has a different you know um point of view about something it still gives me something to think about and i try to take notes every time we have a, um a meeting the last few i haven't been able to but I like to record at least some things that kind of just help me just think, you know, and I've actually written things down during the meeting that I've brought back to April that it's kind of like, okay, what if we did this? Or, okay, what if this happened and then this happened and it connected to this, you know? And so it's really been a cool jumping off point, even though 
I'm not coming in it as like an individual, you know, looking for a partner. It's still been really interesting to kind of hear about people's experiences because it helps me to, you know, well, how, how does this relate back to me in April, you know? And we, you know, we kind of talk when we can afterwards, after the meetings to see if, you know, we've generated any conversation. We've done that a couple of times where we've been able to text back. Um, but overall, I'm really, really excited to be part of all of this. And I'm hopeful for the, the monthly check-ins because I think that would also just kind of kick things up a notch because not only will we be able to see, you know, what other people are doing, but we might even be able to, you know, it'll bring up a topic that we didn't expect for it to bring up. And, you know, I feel like that would just fuel a lot of conversation as well. And, and you know, you're making all of these new connections and I feel like as we get more into it, we're gonna get to know people even more. Cause I mean, eight weeks isn't a lot of time when you think about it, but, six months is <laughs> so yeah. well it's more so yeah. I I'm excited I'm excited for what's already happening I'm excited for what's about to happen hmm so for me um I think for the most part I've definitely enjoyed just the array of personalities and people it makes me reflect on as experienced as I thought I was, still only knowing so very little. So it brings me back into this space of like, you know, yeah, there's still so much more to see and so much more to learn. And so I'm glad that this space is opening me up on access to people who have walked so many different paths uh, from so many different perspectives. So I always appreciate um, that people are forthright and their initiative to speak um, because it's just a daily, a weekly opportunity, you know, to learn from that. I think I am having to visually reshape as many of us are, but by being my first residency, um, not having a drawing board to go off of, and so by nature, I am this like very in-person, can sit up all night with someone and just engage and talk. Like I get a lot of my sense, my, my dopamine and my serotonin is really loud. And so I still have a slight disconnect um, virtually, which was expected. But I think from a logical standpoint, I thought, you know, oh, you know, it'd be fine. It'd be fine. And so just having to be honest with myself on um, how that is influencing me. And so, um, and then how that translate into how that will influence me and Robin, which is why, you know, I'm kind of like looking for grants to uh, cover travel because I think, you know, I would need to go to New York for at least like some time, like even if it was just a weekend, you know, to get whatever that is inside out. I ain't gonna lie, I'm thinking about Florida too, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, I know it's virtual, but at some point, like, I, we need to be in the same room. Um, yeah. But overall, um, 
I just want to be on, on the wheel of knowledge, you know, just like learn what I can learn. I'm, I'm so amazed by uh, the different artwork and the narratives that people share. I didn't go to art school. And so, you know, that's, there are pros and cons to either way. But, you know, once you kind of like pick up a, a discipline as a self-taught artist, um, in some ways you kind of just like stay with that and might get a little comfortable. So it's been rewarding or refreshing to see like, oh, like I didn't know that you could even do all these things with this. Um, Cause there's just no, you're not exposed to it. And so I'm, I'm, I've been prompted to think about installations a lot because I, going back to the 3D effect that I was talking about of wanting my artists to, my viewers to engage. So the residency and talking to other people has definitely um, offered me new ideas and seeing further myself as an artist and possibly collaboration with me and Robin will work on. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad that y'all are part of this. And I think um, working through me and Robin's ideas um, virtually as we merge the pineapple and boxing gloves and poetry and all through the space of healing, I think um, that in-person space will lend itself, you know, to the, you know, live performance of, you know, this space right here. So, you know, taking the next step, sorry, you know. Um, but no, I'm extremely, I'm just extremely excited to see how we merge this concept of a, of a, of a boxing glove and boxing, which has been very, um, has a very historical context and root you know, in the world and the pineapple, which also has a very historical context and root in the world. And just seeing how those um, narratives merge together. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's it, I'm just interested. Very and thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, absolutely. Visit nicklackgallery.org, that's nclacgallery.org, to view the 2021 North Louisiana Virtual Residency Exhibition, on display from February 1st through March 26, 2022. The new work April and Robin created is featured on there, along with the work of seven other artist groups that were formed during the residency. The RLCF Retrospective Podcast is a project of the Ross Lynn Charitable Foundation and is produced in downtown Ruston, Louisiana. The background music is by Ross Lynn himself. To learn more about the Ross Lynn Foundation and how to support our work, you can visit us online at www.rosslynnfoundation.org or find us on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you for listening to RLCF Retrospective. Be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss any future episodes. See you next time.